the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Business 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. Stream on the go with the free Business 1440 app. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. China has reported 2,641 new virus cases as it escalates measures to try and control the outbreak in its own country and reassure other countries around the world it's doing all it can to fight the outbreak and also stop the possible deaths as a result. The U.S. Embassy in Japan says Americans on board a quarantine ship will be flown back home on a chartered flight tomorrow. Of the 1,500 or so passengers... Over 600 are American citizens. Speaking to reporters after visiting passengers still on board the MS Westerdam cruise ship, U.S. Ambassador to Cambodia, Patrick Murphy, praised that country for allowing cruise ship to dock and for being turned away by other Asian and Pacific governments. On Wall Street Friday, the Dow lost 25 points and opens up next week at 29,938. This is SRN News. Can't seem to make heads or tails of today's crazy markets? Madness. I'm Mark Pearson. Join me on Investing for Success every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. here on Business 1440. We'll shed some light on common investing mistakes and explore how you can find clarity in your investments. Investing for Success, brought to you by Nepsis Inc. Every weekday at 4 p.m. here on Business 1440, powered by the Wall Street Business Network. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. We're not looking at noise. This thing that we live in starves people. Don't hit me with them negative ways so early in the morning. It's the King Banyan Show. Life in capitalism always ends in billionaires. It's true. It's true. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. No one ever makes a billion dollars. You take a billion dollars. Why don't you say something righteous and hopeful for a change? The government is the public, and the public decides what is good for itself. Why don't you dig how beautiful it is out here? It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Here's King Banyan. I still love that opening. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. King Banyan Show. 
This is fourteen forty longest show intro. <laughs> well, I don't know the new one that Hugh Hewitt's been using over on our sister station uh, AM twelve A the Patriot. Uh, the first one in the morning runs more than a minute uh, with uh, because he so digs five for fighting. Um, anyway, uh, I love. I don't even know what the what the tune is. The bed that's underneath that. But it, our thanks once more to. Uh, to uh, John Berg uh, and uh, the folks at Salem for putting that together. Um, it is the weekend, by the way. I warn everybody in advance, every year when we roll around to this time, it's trivia weekend up here at St. Cloud State. It's also Winter Institute. I'll tell you a little bit about Winter Institute later. Uh, but uh, trivia weekend is a weekend where basically all of the, all not all of St. Cloud, but the, the nerdy third of St. Cloud, uh, and when you live in a live in a town that is in some sense a college town uh, between St. Cloud State, St. John, St. Ben's, and so forth. When you live in a college town, we have more than our share of nerds here. And they all get together and play trivia through the local radio station. The local radio station, the campus radio station, is three floors below where I'm sitting right this moment. And so a few things happens. First of all, you have let me tell you how it works just very briefly over the radio they put out questions trivia questions and teams have that have already registered have to call back to the hotline and give their answers within a certain period of time to collect points which means you need a whole bank of people screening and picking up the calls from the various teams there'll be about 40 50 teams that are that are playing trivia um, they're all in houses all over St. Cloud this weekend. You could kind of pick them out because it looks like there's a party that doesn't end from Friday afternoon through Sunday at some place. And you'll realize, ah, that must be where the trip, that must be a trivia team playing over there. Uh, and, and I just warn people about that. So there, so first of all, there's a lot of activity in the building and you've got all of these volunteers who are answering the calls and and getting questions forward and checking on whether or not an answer a team gave is right, they all have to be fed. At this particular moment, this entire building, which is a huge building, it's three three stories plus the basement where the radio station is. Uh, It is, oh, I, I think we once said it was like something like 100 and... It's, it's got probably close to 200,000 square feet in it. The entire building is permeated with the smell of chocolate chip cookies. Entire building. I walked, I walked out to use the restroom before we started the show. Chocolate chip cookie smell. I can actually smell a little of it right here back in my office. And I'm about as far away from the station as I can be. Uh, it just... Just an amazing smell. Of course, I'm sure the uh, ventilation system is carrying it into my office here. Um, that that is that is uh, that is the other thing that happens. So so anyway, trivia weekend up here at St. Cloud State. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. We're live. We hope you had a very fine Valentine's Day. I learned something about Valentine's Day. The restaurants don't like it very much. Why? Because typically everyone comes in groups of two. We went out with uh, my my sister in law and her husband last night for dinner at a lovely um, Indian pub. It's set up like it's set up like a pub in the in Britain, like a gastronome, but serves lovely lovely Indian food, and and so it does feel really like a place you might find in the middle of London, uh, where uh, where. Um, uh, chicken tikka masala is the most ordered dish in London. Did you know that? It's not beef Wellington. It's not. It's not a British dish. the The most popular dish ordered in a restaurant in London is chicken tikka masala. And by the way, it's delicious. Um, I, I and and the I know the owner of this particular pub, and he's like, "Oh, great! You're here. You got four of you here." And it turns out, I looked it up later. It is only the 94th most busy day on a restaurant's calendar is Valentine's Day. You would think everybody would be going out. All the tables are taken, but only two people at the table, and they stay longer. Right? Because you're enjoying a nice romantic meal. You're not in a hurry to eat that meal, right? You're going to have dessert. You're going to have champagne. Guess what? 
the restaurant doesn't like that. <laughs> they want to turn the table and get get someone in to order some more entrees. Right. Well, we, so we set it up so that we didn't show up until eight o'clock, and this this place actually closes at nine thirty, uh, and uh, so we closed we closed the place. Had a great time. So, so hopefully you had a nice Valentine's Day. Hopefully you uh, you uh, didn't take too long at the table, and you tipped your servers very well. Um, we got lots of stories for you today, so we'll give you the we'll give you the economic news rundown just uh, coming right up at, uh, in a moment here. But after that. By request, listener Jack, who tweets at us at pound KBRS on Twitter. So you go to Twitter in the search box, you type pound KBRS. If you're driving, please don't. But if you're sitting, if you're sitting around the computer, you, or you get your cell phone next to you, just go to Twitter, put the hashtag pound KBRS, and you'll find all that. Listener Jack, who is a is a fine loyal listener of the King Banyan Show. Um, asked about Judy Shelton. We have you covered, Jack. You're going to get as much Judy Shelton as you can take. Well, she'll be about a segment or two. Not a whole lot of that. And then in the next hour, I'm going to be joined by a guest we've never met. I've admired what he's been working on since I first discovered his blog, rootsofprogress.org. His name is Jason Crawford. He'll talk with us. Uh, and then we don't do sports usually on this show, but I've got a broader point to make about this thing with the Astros and the trash cans and the cheating and how to say you're sorry. And we have we have assistance on this from somebody who actually does play baseball. I mean, have I played baseball? Yes, I have. Do I play baseball? I, I mean, it makes my golf game look awesome <laughs> by comparison. Okay, I'm the kid who at age who thought he could play baseball and at age 12 saw his first curveball, three curves that went over for strikes. All three times I bailed out of the batter's box and walked walked out walked back to the dugout and realized uh, this probably isn't going to work out. Um, I could not get myself to stay in the box. It's that simple. So why you know how to beat me? Just throw just 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 throw a curve under my chin and I. And I'll I'll walk away crying like a, like a four year old. All right, I'll keep that in mind if we ever uh, hit the diamond. <laughs> Wyatt is actually a baseball player, and he has opinions about this. And I and I had a couple questions for him because there are pieces of this story that I didn't quite understand, and and I needed I needed someone who actually plays to help me with this. And so Wyatt's going to help out on this, and we'll do we'll do that toward the end of the show. So I know I got a few listeners who are like don't you know in our long history. We could talk sports, and, they, and some people are like, I don't want you to talk sports. I want you to talk about, first of all, we're going to make it about something more than sports. And secondly, I promise it won't be the NBA, which I know none of my listeners care about, but that I deeply love. Okay? I, I am a humongous NBA fan. I am, by the way, super happy for the Wolves. Um, not necessarily because I believe that they're going to win the championship now from the trades they made, but they actually look like they executed a plan that they actually spent more than a week working on. And and for me it's like, okay. All right, you you made a move, you made a decision and you committed to the decision. I wish you the best of luck. I'm excited for you only because I feel like you have a theory of a case and now we'll find out if it works. Anyway, enough about that. The economic news of the week eh, wasn't so good. We're going to talk. I'm going to actually in, uh, include Jason Crawford in, in my including my conversation with Jason Crawford. Some thoughts about coronavirus, uh, and 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 that's part of the the progress story. Uh, we got fooled by we got fooled by some data. So those of you and I, I'm list, I'm talking to you, Don. I'm talking to you, Don. Statistics that come from China should always be taken with a grain of salt, right? Always, right, just as we say with U.S. statistics, okay, when we give you that GDP report like we did two weeks ago, we say, you know what, hang on, we got to wait for the revisions, okay? It's not a revision, it's a complete sea change in how you're reporting numbers, and we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about that coming up in the next segment. But, but by and large, news of the week, there were some good bits to it, but largely, the, largely everything was kind of was kind of on the downside. One major thing, I had a couple nice talks this week uh, 
with both um, both a group of manu- people in the manufacturing industry and a hearty group of Rotarians who showed up when it was 17 below zero outside on Thursday morning here in St. Cloud. Twelve hearty Rotarians showed up to have me give give them the, their morning talk before they went off to their work day, uh, and and I admired them. One thing that we've been talking about and talk about quite a bit, there is a divergence in the confidence numbers right now. If you look at business confidence, and particularly CEOs of larger corporations, their confidence levels are a little downbeat, which was the exact opposite of where they were in 2017. In in early 2017, confidence, particularly as expressed by CEOs of larger firms, went from uh, ugh to wow, and 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 everything was excited. Consumer confidence followed along really, 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 really slowly. We are now at the opposite point. Consumer confidence has been has seldom been much higher than it is right here. Right now, okay, and even small business confidence, as reported by NFIB this week, is up at one hundred four point three from one hundred two point seven. They okay, NFIB, which does a fair amount of cheerleading for small businesses, uh, uh, as you might guess, they're kind of a a portion of uh, what used to be the Chamber of Commerce. Small ta- lower taxes are everywhere and always an awesome thing. Um, they. They came out, NFIB came out with their latest report. Small business confidence has been pretty great. Large businesses expressed through CEO surveys, such as done by Bloomberg, uh, would indicate that larger firms are a lot less optimistic than them. And it's interesting because, as, as someone pointed out in one of those presentations, it looks like the CEOs are predictive of recessions more than consumer confidences. I do not believe consumer confidence is a predictive measure. I have never used it for that purpose. I have had that pol- I've had that in sort of my forecasting regimen for over 25 years now. Okay, I do not use that number for much. But the CEO number, I would pay attention to. And what I would pay attention to more is when smaller businesses start to report that they are losing some of their optimism. That's when I say, well, the recession probably is pretty close at hand. Not quite yet, but that's that's one warning sign. We're going to give you a few more warning signs right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Guys, waking up over and over to urinate is not okay. But now you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced. We're talking about less urges to urinate at night less bathroom trips during the day, and better bladder emptying. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. You can try a full 30-day bottle of P3 Advanced, free. Just pay shipping and handling. No strings attached, no obligations, and no commitments to buy. This is a 30-day supply, absolutely free. Call 1-800-459-3174. Super Beta Prostate is the best-selling brand in major retailers like Walmart. But for this no-strings-attached free bottle, you must call now. Call 1-800-459-3174. Don't miss out on this unprecedented free offer. Call 1-800-459-3174. Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. 
You mean like being a president or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Do you fix frozen drains, culverts, or use water to jet out pipes? At American Pressure, we have the know-how to fix your equipment and many of the parts and accessories to help you. From hand-carry hose reels, foot-activated valves, to jetting nozzles and hoses, American Pressure has many of the items you need to get your job done. Visit us at AmericanPressure.com. That's AmericanPressure.com. You know who the best steward of your own money is. Learn the right skills by attending a free investing class near you this week. Call now, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is fourteen forty six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with questions and comments this hour. Visiting with Jason Crawford, uh, proprietor of rootsofprogress.org, dot org, a uh, really interesting blog, and he's just got an interesting personal story as well. We'll hear about that too, coming up at the top of the next hour. But here, what I want to do is is take you through the news of the week as i said mostly negative retail sales numbers were were negative point were up three tenths of percent excuse yeah i make sure i've got that got my numbers here rose we're up three tenths percent pretty decent number not a great number though was widespread sales of nine of 13 categories one thing that's negative and this actually plays in both the numbers i want to focus on in this segment one place to focus on is that is that it was by and large by and large a warm january across the country so that one thing that that does in terms of the retail sales statistics is that is that one place where you see lots of retail sales in january is clothing particularly outerwear because you won't need to buy a new coat for your child if it turns out that that the coat you had them in in November or December is still fine in January because it's not so cold out, right? Our closets usually contain multiple coats, one when it's like 20 degrees above and the other for when it's 10 degrees below. Well, you might not need to replace the 10 degree below one because you only need it for a few days, and yeah, it's a little small for junior, but you just slide them into it and and maybe hold it hold it up there the consumer seems to be doing fairly well again consumer confidence numbers are fairly strong okay but the other side of that is the fact that that i mean i looked at my electric bill did you look at your electric bill and and your heating bill and realize you didn't have to spend quite so much as normal well that shows up in that industrial production number which was reported at a negative 0.3 percent this week Sounds really bad, but that's influenced a small part. Industrial production actually includes the production of our utility sector. And so when we demand less heat, when we demand, when we use less heating oil, when we use less electricity, we are in fact, we are, or natural gas, we are in fact reducing that industrial production number on a seasonally adjusted basis. So, at least one-tenth of that three-tenth decline is due to a fall in utilities. So good weather might have actually reduced some of the numbers we saw because we expect the weather to be worse and, and we compensate for bad weather by buying more heating oil, more natural gas, and warmer clothes. Second part of the story, okay, 
which we've talked about, and I want to emphasize this because there was a good piece put out by the New York Federal Reserve this week on this very question, which is, which is what is the impact of Boeing going to be? Uh, I tweeted to you at Pound KBRS earlier this week. I will retweet my tweet at the break in case you, in case you want a refresher. But you can dig down through my, my tweets. It was only from a couple days ago. Um, let me go back and find that guy again. Because this was, this was put up by the New York Fed on Thursday. Titled, Fir- this, this is how economists uh, bore everybody. Firm level shocks in GDP growth, colon. The case of Boeing's 737 MAX production pause. Boy, doesn't that sound like a page turner. Oh, I can't wait to dig my teeth into this. Yeah, let's go. Right? What basically the question is what's the size of the 737 Max shock? Right? And here's the thing. I thought this was interesting. You know, I try because I had never actually tried to calculate how big is Boeing relative to the average size of a firm. And this is the logic they're using. If you look at the number of firms that are out there, right? If you look at the number of firms out there, there's currently, according to the survey of business owners, there's 27.6 million firms in the United States. That implies that each one of them has a weight in measuring production. And and forgive me, I have to use scientific notation. I'm sure Lee Michaels is going to write is going to write some some rejoin. mocking the fact that I'm doing scientific notation on the radio. But I'm going to have to do it anyway. I'm going to have to do it anyway. And here's what that number is. 3.62 times 10 to the negative 8. Okay? Which means take the... From the 3, you're going to move the decimal point back 1, so you now got 0.362. Now stick 7 zeros in front of it. That's the weight of an average firm's output on GDP. Did you do that? Okay, so you get seven zeros, three six two. Now, right below that, they calculate the average weight over the last decade of the sales of Boeing, which is a large firm, and their sales were fifty one billion in two thousand seven and in twenty eighteen were a hundred and one point one. That gives them a weight. So you had seven zeros and then three six two. Now right below it I'm gonna have you write decimal point zero zero four nine. Now they both look like really small numbers, but the number you just wrote down for Boeing is about 10,000 times the size of, of an average firm. In other words, it can have a pretty significant impact. All right? So there's your little pencil exercise for today. Okay? Seven zeros versus two zeros. That's the, that's the way I would sum that up. All right? So, and I just said 10,000. It's basically, it actually should be 100,000, I believe. I know Don will check me on this and tweet back to me if, I, if it's 10,000 or 100,000, but I'm pretty sure it's 100,000. So Boeing is 100,000 times the size of, a, of an average firm, so when it has a shutdown, if it was to completely stop production as a single firm, its weight would be really, really large in terms of GDP. So we did previously the, how much does a, does a 737 MAX cost? It's about $130 million. Now, due to some due to some some economic analysis, the impact the impact of GDP the impact of the 737 Max on GDP is actually pretty much almost entirely the price of the 737 Max. So, a pause of producing their 737 Maxes because they are producing about 52 Maxes per month before. Before the before uh, the crashes in 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 2018 2019, they were pumping out 52 of those babies a month. Right now, take that down to zero, which they now have, and you can see 
that that impact is going to be be 130 million times roughly 50 all right times times 52 right that's going to get you out to eh, about 7 billion dollars 21 billion dollars a quarter if i reduce 21 billion dollars out of gdp right that comes that okay if i reduce that 21 billion dollars right that's going to give me that's going to give me gdp growth that drops by four tenths of percent so gdp is down by four tenths percent industrial production had to be down by pretty much the same amount we saw gdp numbers sort of still coalescing in the high ones to low twos depending on whether you're reading the atlanta fed goldman sachs or some other forecaster out there they're somewhere in the one and a half to two and a half range for first quarter we're still trying to we're still we're only midway through the first quarter there's lots of data still to come to help us revise that number but i've been telling you for a while that the impact of boeing is going to be significant and i haven't talked about coronavirus which will have some impact on first quarter GDP as well, on the downside. Verdict. First quarter GDP in the United States, to me, is far more likely to be down in the low to mid ones. That if, it ends up, if it ends up above two, okay, that's in the face of a whole lot of headwind. That as soon as Boeing can get the 737 production ramp back up and as soon as we get past this wave of the coronavirus issue and we're allowing trade to move between between china and the u.s again and we get rid of the weird weather of january and february once all that's done verdict gdp growth in the second and third quarters could be significantly higher than what we see in the first quarter but i think the first quarter is going to see a see a laggy kind of number so will we so what kind of uh what kind of policies does that mean for the Federal Reserve and what do we what do we think is gonna happen? We'll get to that and we'll talk about we'll talk about Judy Shelton. Okay? I don't do often news items by request, but Jack, you're so loyal, you asked. We got you covered here on the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance here for Kingdom Builders. You've heard them on this station. They say they're not great salesmen, just great roofers. But if you're a homeowner, you've heard the horror stories from your neighbors about roofers who were great salesmen, but terrible roofers, about contractors with no integrity. So my first call was to the roofers who make their integrity the center, not just of their business, but of their lives. That's the Kingdom Builders. And yeah, they are great roofers. I have a challenging roof. Third floor, lots of details, and it was last re-roofed when I was just out of high school. And yet... From the moment they showed up, I had the confidence. I wasn't just going to get a great roof. I wasn't going to get that heartburn you get when trying out a new contractor. So, yeah, they are great roofers and genuinely great people to work with. And I have the nicest-looking roof on my block. So call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or find them online at thekingdombuilders.net. Tell them Mitch Berg sent you, and he loves his new roof. 
This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Have you noticed the Democrats' new message? It's go big or go home. Elizabeth Warren says we need big structural change. Bernie Sanders agrees, saying no half measures. Nearly all the candidates have jumped on the bandwagon, favoring Medicare for all, free college, a massive Green New Deal. But there's a problem. Americans don't trust big government. A Pew Research study showed only 17% trust government to do what's right. 75% believe trust in the federal government is shrinking. A new book, Good Enough for government work argues the American people don't trust government officials, finding their programs inefficient and ineffective. Republicans should be the party of incremental change. Their climate change ideas about innovation, research, and plastic waste are a great example. According to the American people, the era of big government should be over. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders in politics and policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. At one time, that was show intro music. That's excellent. Uh, you know, it's a fun part about raising uh, raising children who um, are into the same music you're into. My son and I share some uh, common tastes, and and uh, probably none more so than the Foo Fighters. So, um, so anyway, uh, good good call. Good call. Um, so, so my the short my short answer to the whole uh, uh, question of when people say, "Well, what happens with monetary policy?" and I said, "Absolutely nothing." We're going to do this hour without a single clip from Jay Powell's monetary policy testimony at the with the uh, House and the Senate that happened Tuesday and Wednesday. Why? Because he didn't make news, it was you know. And again, we, I've actually said this a couple times on the show before. It's a good day when the Fed chair gives can talk for two hours, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay." And that's basically what happened. He didn't say anything that was particularly impactful. He says, "Yeah, coronavirus. I'm watching it. We're watching it. We're, we're we got our we're, we're we're monitoring that situation closely." Well, of course you are. You have to. But otherwise. You know, and and the market had like a temporary hiccup over that, and then went right back went right back to to the uh, big uh, hey we got lots of money where can we spend it party that they've been uh, enjoying over the last few uh, over the last few uh, uh, months. But then Thursday came, and Thursday came the testimony of uh, uh, the confirmation hearing. For in in the Senate, uh, for two people nominated to be at the Federal Reserve, I'm only going to mention in passing Christopher Waller. He's the head of research at the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. He is the person that followed on after uh, uh, Jim Bullard, now president of the St. Louis Fed. That was the post he had before. Okay, the St. Louis Fed. I will say, and I and again, everybody knows. President Bullard went to St. Cloud State. He's a member of the advisory council. I wouldn't call us friends, but we're acquaintances. Um, and 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 um, but it has been true pretty much over the tradi- over the last fifty years. The St. Louis Fed has been focused on doing really solid macro research. Waller's in that tradition. He gave a very uninteresting solid solid uh, testimony his nomination is going to go forward and fly through without a hitch he will be in a governor at the federal reserve here uh sometime in the next few weeks and good they need more they need those seats filled they need more people on they need more people in fomc and and he'll be he'll be fine yeah it, he's not interesting the other one and 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 I'll say one more thing about that because I do want to talk about uh, I do want to talk about uh, um, one one piece one piece of this which which bears which bears uh, uh, notice. He's fully within the tradition of what the Federal Reserve has, and this is kind of where the Judy Shelton story begins. 
Because Judy Shelton is a lot of things. But she's not a traditional monetary policy insider who has gotten up and rubbed shoulders with everybody at the Fed. And indeed, indeed, that might be the problem. When the president has nominated people to the Fed who kind of fit within that usual tradition, they usually get through just fine, with an exception, which I'm going to talk about in the next segment. I'll tell you who the exception is in a moment. When he's nominated people like Stephen Moore and Herman Cain, the Senate has looked at that and said, you've got to be kidding, with the encouragement of the Fed. Right? Now, so here's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a few clips for you uh, of the testimony. But before I do that, I want to play for you, and I think this, I think I have this right, that this was before Shelton's testimony. This is Richard Fisher, who we've played before, former head of the Dallas Federal Reserve, uh, former president of the Dallas Federal Reserve, and someone who has very similar views to my own on monetary policy. He is far more of what I think of as the traditional conservative central banker than some of the folks that, that are currently at the Fed. But he's also an insider. He was with the Dallas Fed for over a decade. And I want you to listen closely to this. Okay, play that cut for me, Wyatt. Well, Senator Toomey is pretty outspoken about her, and if you have every Democrat vote against her on the committee and one Republican go against her, then she can't be advanced, as I understand it, for confirmation. I think she's, uh, she fell victim to speaking too much, and uh, it appears that she has some political instincts. I don't have any problem with the research director from St. Louis, absolute first-rate guy. That's the kind of person that fits in well to that governorship uh, structure. But I think it's going to be tough on her. Now, I don't mind having differences of opinion at the Board of Governors. It's very rare for a governor to dissent. And if you go back and look, it, it almost never happens. It happened under mm -hmm. Paul Volcker. He ends up exerting his authority and wins. So we'll have to see. Uh, I don't, from everything I've read about her, from I've heard about her, it, she doesn't quite fit into the culture. And the most important thing is this business about independence. And if you're going to be sharing... Uh -huh. FOMC discussions with the White House on that does not work and is verboten and should never happen. So we'll see. So the criticism of, of, of Judy Shelton is she talks too much. She may have changed her views based on politics. And she doesn't fit the culture of the Fed, unlike Dr. Waller, who, who does. So the, 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 the point here is, and it gets to sort of a deeper, concern, deeper issue regarding our trust and belief in elites, is how is it, how is it that, how is it that we choose people to represent the, the Federal Reserve Board of Governors? You'll notice that, that Fisher said that the governors very rarely disagree with each other. And this is true. I've read several several books on uh, uh, this is my my own research area. The board of governors, the seven governors. Now remember, FOMC is more than just the seven governors. It actually it includes several of the presidents, which Fisher was one. The presidents frequently will vote in dissent with what the dissent of the majority decision. Governors very very rarely do. This is true. Okay, and that's a very key point. But the question is, do you think the board of gov does the board of governors need a broader range of opinion within it? And if you believe that it should, then there's nothing about Judy Shelton that you would there's nothing about Judy Shelton that's disqualifying. It's not like she hasn't thought about these topics. I I I could barely defend the idea of Herman Cain being there. I thought Steve Moore, he's a fine economist. I've met Steve Moore. I, I think Steve, and I, I've read a fair amount of his work. I think he's a fine economist. But this is not his bailiwick. 
But I also argued that the president has a right to put some people on the has the right to put the governors on the board. It's been created in such a way that the president gets to say something, and the Senate has to do a confirmation. It should, okay. Steve Moore could not get through a confirmation. All right, and it's like okay, that's fine. But the third person actually is someone that lived within the Fell Reserve. The third person was Marvin Goodfriend who spent years and years at the Richmond Felt Reserve in a very similar role to Waller. But his views were considered to be kind of out of bounds because he had sort of divergent views about what monetary policy should be. Has the doctorate in economics, has the experience in monetary policy, but uh, maybe not quite. I want you to listen. Let's grab this piece, okay, because Fisher reminds us of Pat Toomey. Before I take the break, I want you to hear... What Pat Toomey had to say is he's walking to the hearing. I I think he's walking to the hearing when he says this. Play that cut, please. I remain concerned that she is an advocate for using monetary policy to devalue the dollar and what could easily devolve into a downward spiral. So I'm concerned. That's it. And I'll play. We'll play the rest. We'll play the rest of that discussion here right after the break. But his bit. His his basic point is, um, is that she's disqualified because she has views about monetary policy I disagree with. She she okay. Toomey is strong dollar, no matter what, which used to be the position of Larry Kudlow, but doesn't appear to be anymore. And because Judy Shelton and Larry Kudlow seem to have moved in this direction together, okay, there are people who say, well, she's she's just sucking up to Trump. Well, she might have a case, mightn't she? Well, we'll hear her case right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. You see it on TV every day. Global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year. And that's great news for homeowners. If you have a current rate above 2.99%, Call us to see how much you can save. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing costs. And we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. With our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify, there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone. For a free quote, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry, and I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Giving your computer problems to boot. Arby's Computer Service. When you want your computer fixed right the first time, Arby's is the place. Hi, this is Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Why is it that your cell phone is replaced every two to three years with no thought about cost, but when it comes to your computer in your office, you try and hold up five to six years or longer to do the same? Arby's. 
Bobby's Computer Service. What is that loss in productivity doing to your bottom line? You know that we can sell you a brand new commercial computer that is super fast for less than the cost of your new iPhone or Android phone? Why are you waiting? Call us today. We can be reached at 763-441-3884. That's 763-441-3884. Or on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440, where we're asking the question, okay, so what did Judy Shelton actually do to cause everyone to kind of lose their minds and say, well, she can't be, she can't be on the team, she, she can't do this. So, I'm, I, I'm calling clips without, I'm not as comfortable or, or I'm, I'm not sure I know exactly if how these clips are, whether I've got this clip right or not. There should be one clip, Wyatt, that has Toomey ans- asking and then and then Shelton ask- answering a question. This is during the Senate confirmation hearing. We just heard we just heard Toomey say that he's uncomfortable about the fact that she that she believes that uh, that monetary policy could be used it could be driven by the exchange rate. And here's the exchange that they had during the confirmation hearing. Monetary policy executed by the Federal Reserve. Is, is directed at achieving our domestic economic objectives, and they've been outlined very clearly by Congress. I have said that among the factors that we need to consider, if I, if I were to become a member of the Board of Governors, is the political context of the global economy and global finance. And I think we have to be aware of what other central banks are doing. Last year, 49 central banks lowered their interest rate, which caused their currencies to depreciate relative to the dollar. And it wasn't until July that our Federal Reserve decided likewise to lower a quarter point, as they did the next yeah, meeting so, and the next. So okay, good. So she says that. And she's basically saying, you know what? I know we got domestic targets, but I think I have to look at what other central banks are doing. Here's Toomey's response. And the next. So I know I only have five minutes and we're down to one. Um, my, my question is, and, and, and I think it, the only rational conclusion one can come to from reading what you have written and what you've said is that you believe the Fed should actively seek to devalue our currency if other countries are doing that. And I think that's a very, very dangerous path to go down. This beggar thy neighbor mutual currency devaluation is not in our interest. And it is not in the mandate of the Fed to pursue it. Uh, I don't think it's achievable. You've got multiple currencies. Which ones would you be watching? Would it be the euro or the yuan? They could be moving in different directions. And a Fed that has famously been unable to achieve its inflation target for low these many years why we should think that the Fed, by changing monetary policy, is going to be able to achieve some currency target, I think is okay. Um, stop very, right there. Unlikely. Let's just stop, okay? Because in the interest of time, I want to play a little bit of the other stuff I have because I because we only have about five, four or five minutes. What what she said and what he said. This is very. They, He's actually conflating something, and I'm actually going to have to criticize. I admire Pat Toomey quite a bit, but I think he's conflated things. You can choose to target monetary policy as the ultimate goal of policy. Uh, the exchange rate is the ultimate goal of monetary policy. There are central banks around the world who set the, who decide whether or not they've got monetary policy right or wrong based on the exchange rate between their currency and some external currency, frequently the dollar. And so when central banks want to say they're changing policy, they will say, I'm changing the way I operate monetary policy by changing the target I have for the dollar. Nothing in what Shelton said indicates that she's going to target an exchange rate because because Toomey's right. You can't do that. That is actually not in the process there. However, central banks can have ultimate goals like price stability, like high employment, and they can use a variety of things to target that. Guess what else the get guess what else the, the Federal Reserve Act doesn't say? It doesn't say that you can target interest rates. But the Fed does that. 
Okay, you can argue that the the, the domestic exchange rate, the Fed funds rate, the the ten year Treasury rate, is a better target to get at the goals. But there's nothing wrong with making an argument to say, hey, I think I have to look at the exchange rate in the process of thinking about that, which is all she said. He's making an argument as if she's saying, I'm going to peg, I'm going to peg, I'm going to peg the uh, dollar to an exchange rate, and I'm going to then watch all the other exchange rates and and move along with it. She didn't really say that. She didn't really say that. Okay. So what's really at play here? I'm going to skip forward. Uh, I want to play this exchange, uh, this exchange where where uh, Shelton is asked about about the independence of the Federal Reserve. Let me let's play uh, that cut first, okay? Just her talking first, please, Wyatt. Thank you very much for the question, Mr. Chairman. I believe that the independence of the Federal Reserve is a vital aspect of its credibility with the public. Congress has granted tremendous powers to the Federal Reserve, and citizens have to be assured that monetary authorities will be relying on their own best judgment and their own analytical capabilities in making their decisions not subject to political pressure. And then after that, Senator Tina Smith, our own Minnesota Senator Tina Smith, comes back and asks a similar, asks a question as a follow-up to that one. Play that, please. You also said that you think that it is healthy that, quote, criticism from the White House of the Fed is out in the open. So do you think it is healthy for the president to criticize the Fed? Well, as I've said, I think in the past some, some Federal Reserve officials have, have suggested they were quietly pressured. So at least it's transparent. But I've also said I don't censor what someone else says, and I believe everyone has the right to criticize the Federal Reserve, including the president, including every member of Congress and and every citizen. And indeed, scapegoating the Federal Reserve, as Judy Shelton's just observed, has been has been a uh, well documented and and fine tradition of Congress going back decades, decades. It's not new, and the president coming forward and saying I don't like where monetary policy is 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 not new. Meetings between Treasury secretaries and, and Fed chairs have happened for through many Fed chairs. The only difference is this president uses Twitter. But back to the basic point. Okay? It seems most of all that what they don't what's not liked about her is she's not part of that of that same group of people who've been around for for quite a long time, and she doesn't share this very particular view of what's happening at the Fed. I don't agree with her about how she's thinking about exchange rates, but that diversity of opinion does have a place in the Fed, and I actually think it would be healthy if they actually went ahead and confirmed Judy Shelton to the Fed. I'm going to say I support it. She's got the knowledge. She's got a viewpoint. It's a different viewpoint, but it's certainly one worth people hearing. When we come back, Jason Crawford from the Roots of Progress blog will be joining us to talk about, well, Roots of Progress and how do we know how do we know those things? We'll be back after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. 
Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's BAG11 to 88988. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. Learn the skills to create income so you don't have to touch your savings in retirement. Call today for a free investing class at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Learnwithota.com. 